is Roger Green, host of the Surfing the National Tsunami podcast. This weekend, we were offering five conversations from episode 24, our review of last week's Innovations in Naval Care Congress, year two. Plus, from the vault, conversation 24.1 from season three, our review episode from last year's INCBCN1. I start this conversation by referencing the term preventive hepatology, the session of a roundtable at this conference, and a term Naeem Alcour used in his discussion during that roundtable. I ask whether taking a fiber scan into the community qualifies as preventive hepatology, which leads Jorn Schottenberg to say it might as long as you identify the patient properly. Jeff Lazarus notes that the first paper on preventive hepatology back in 2008 was titled, and I quote, minimizing symptoms and optimizing care, end of quote, but that he wants to look earlier in the process into preventing the need for that care in the first place. I point to a moment of constructive disagreement in the meeting and note that the definition of preventive hepatology seems to need to start before the patient ever gets to a hepatologist. Jeff mostly agrees and notes that on one level this starts with sustainable development goals. More broadly, this also includes early diagnosis, HCC testing, and other steps to check disease early by hepatologists and other care providers. Louise Campbell, health wellness advocate, describes the idea of preventive hepatology as, on a quote, fantastic, and notes that preventive hepatology is about more than the liver. Agreeing, I describe it as, and I quote, preventive metabolic health, and that whatever we are trying to prevent, we have to start early in the disease cascade. Norm Schottenberg notes this is an excellent ideal, but that in a siloed health system, we have to start by bringing disciplines together and break down silos, which is what INCBCN is designed to do. The rest of the conversation focuses on the endocrinology session that Ken Cousy chaired. The audience enjoyed seeing how these endocrinologists are focused on fatty liver disease with what Jorn describes as a practical view on extending liver care and management. INCBCN is a different concept of what a medical conference can be. Year two is not the same as year one, but like year one, it was an exciting meeting driven by a different perspective of what it wanted to achieve. It's an excellent conference and occasionally eye-opening, an opportunity for you to listen, sit back, enjoy, learn, and when you're done, join the discussion in our LinkedIn discussion group. Would that be preventive hepatology, getting a fiber scan on a bus, or would that be like a whole different thing? Louise Campbell. For me, it is. Jörn Schottenberg. Yeah, it is, but because you have to recognize somebody before you do prevention. You can act based on obesity or metabolic risk factors, but that should be happening, you know, uh, at a different level, I think. Um, the hepatologist field can bring in patients or address the patients and then offer specific interventions that have shown liver protective effects at that level. Jeffrey Lazarus. When, if I could add to that, you know, when preventative hepatology you know, when the landmark review came out in 2008, it was titled Minimizing Symptoms and Optimizing Care. What I've been trying to do is take us back a step, go more upstream and think more about um, how we actually prevent the need for that care. This is about early identification, but it's also about actual primary prevention. We've had these same discussions in, in HIV, and I know it's been a big challenge in preventive cardiology, but we need to rethink this. And of course, hepatologists might ask, well, what's their role? Um, and that's fine. We're expanding the community of practice, um, just like in HIV and hepatitis C. It used to be the infectious disease doctor. Now it's also the addiction doctor. It's also the nurse. It's also the peer. That's how we've been able to work towards ending that. And it's got to be the same thing with fatty liver disease. It's not just onward progression to NASH or liver cancer. It's not getting NAFLD in the first place. It's doing everything thing we can so we can identify it early on and and reverse it. So Jeff, that was one of the tension points that I heard is that preventative hepatology does not begin with the hepatologist, right? That's right. It depends where you are on the continuum. So preventive hepatology, you know, I, I realize 
it raises issues because it goes back to, well, what about social nutrition and food systems and the built environment and urban green spaces? But that's why all member states of the UN have committed to the sustainable development goals. So we want to make the world a better, safer, healthier place. And hepatologists can speak to what happens when we don't, so they contribute to that. Um, but then if you are diagnosed, preventative hepatology is getting diagnosed early, getting the HCC screening you need, making sure patients are aware of their fibrosis stage. Um, in our study with Patricia Cadietti, you know, we found a large number of patients didn't know their fibrosis stage, yet those who did were more likely to adhere to lifestyle changes. So you know, this preventative hepatology is for everybody. And it means we can include other fields in it. It doesn't just belong to hepatology. We're not going to end or at least reduce the increase or stance the um, increase of fatty liver disease just from hepatology. I was just going to say, I think the idea of preventative hepatology is fantastic, which is why I now focus more on liver wellness. And I think it depends how early you go. If we say that fatty liver is accountable for up to 70% of those who have type 2 diabetes, or present in, the same with hypertension, the same with high cholesterol, and we ignore just the liver side of it. By making it preventative hepatology, we make it preventative ill health because we find it that much earlier. And finding it earlier and upstream, as you detail, actually gives us opportunities to not just prevent hepatology. We prevent cardiac disease, we prevent diabetes, and we educate at an earlier stage. So, and I think that has value when we talk about, is it cost effective to screen for liver disease? No, it's not. But it is potentially cost effective to screen for something that accounts for a third of all of our adult populations. And we are not screening for it. How do we not, in today's societies, screen for something that affects over one third of our adult population and say that it's not within the interest of healthcare to do so? So it's a reversal of that question. And preventative hepatology has a certainly, for me, is all encompassing. It's body health. It's about that balance and that equilibrium that runs around the liver. And we then prevent liver disease and assist in the endocrinology cardiology paradigms that are associated and I think that's what for me taking away from that is. That was part of my parse so thanks. I don't have to explain that part I can go on the other part. Part of the parse is that what we call preventative uh, the first part Jeff of what you call preventative hepatology which is what Louise was just describing what you termed it is really about preventative metabolic health. I mean metabolic health plays out in a whole bunch of different ways. This being one of them it's to use Stephen Harrison's phrases this is a canary in the coal mine but really what we're trying to do is we're trying to improve health in the coal mine not just worry about the canary. So that's interesting. And when Zober made the point about all the problems of preventative cardiology, I think it speaks to that point. You really can't start preventing at that point. You have to start preventing earlier and more broadly if prevention is the goal, whatever we call it. Now, what you described going on in the hepatology office in terms of being more aggressive and faster about letting people know what they've got and what they can do about it almost struck me as more of a, pardon me, kind of a proactive hepatology, if you will. Um, hit it earlier, hit it harder. But, but there you're talking to people where it's already too late to prevent the problem. A problem exists. Now you're trying to prevent the sequelae and maybe regress the problem, but, but that feels to me a little different in terms of nomenclature than Louise was talking about. And I, I think that that piece of confusion might make the task harder when you bring it to a broader audience. So that was just the reaction I had listening on, on Friday afternoon. I agree. And I put forward the idea of that session to start this conversation happening. The way I'm trying to illustrate it is essentially a continuum. And 
we would almost have planetary health, you know, the earth there and the food systems and talk about who's going to do what to make sure that we eat healthier and we can exercise more. And eventually you move along that continuum. And at some point you're in the hepatology office and you have an AFLD. And that's when preventative hepatology is in the hands of the hepatologists. We want to make sure that, well, as few people as possible get there unless they need to. But we need to recognize that we're not going to resolve this issue by just helping people not get NASH or, or HCC. The vast majority of people with fatty liver disease are, are undiagnosed and it's ubiquitous now with over one in three adults. So Ken Cousy talks in our other podcast about the idea of creating a world of endohepatologists and hepatoendocrinologists. So when Naeem talked about being more comfortable with GLP-1s, for example, that would be a definition of what Ken would describe as an endohepatologist. Sure. Right? That you're looking for diabetes also and, 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 and you're crossing that boundary. Jorn's talked about that a bunch on the podcast, not in that word, but, but that kind of thing. In exchange, getting endocrinologists more familiar with fatty liver and how to treat. That all makes tremendous sense, right? You, Roger, you, it makes sense. But from the view of the medical system, we're thinking in those silos that we're all aware of. So the hepatology treats liver disease and might not look so much outside. So I think this is something, and that brings us back to the main idea or the overarching aim of INCBCN. We bring these disciplines together. We want to do prevention, uh, maintaining health, and of course, liver focus, because that's what we're, what we're, or let's say, I can only speak I am good at. Uh, but of course, I want to be opening up and interact with all these disciplines. So um, I think it's a patient-centric view of the future, how we provide health. It makes sense. And I think you're right. I think systems tend to be uh, recalcitrant or calcified. Pick the calcium of your choice. But that the, the, the aim is important and that um, the goal makes tons of sense. Let's go on to the uh, endocrinology session, then, which I thought was fascinating. I'll just start. And Jaren, please weigh in. Ken Cousy put this together for obvious reasons. And having the head of the Spanish society, who's based in Pamplona, as well as two leading endocrinologists in Barcelona, I was concerned that maybe it would be too Spanish specific. Would this be interesting for the audience? And I was really impressed. I mean, everyone really appreciated understanding the Spanish system and also seeing the examples of what they're doing and how these endocrinologists are really focused on fatty liver disease. So next year, you know, we want to expand that, make it more international. But I thought it was a great way um, to start. And I thought they were all three were great speakers, very engaging, very interesting. And again, very practical view on how in an endocrinologist clinic you implement this, what's the disease burden? I think it's the way forward, how we want to interact and learn from each other. You know, last year we had a nurses section, Louise was there. This year we try to get the endocrinologists more on stage. And I think moving forward, primary care would be great to have. They're more difficult to engage with, but I think that's the way we can build it and expand the thought of liver health and preventative hepatology in multiple disciplines or across multiple disciplines. I kind of thought that last year there was some primary care there. I mean, John Dillon, for example, talking about ILFT. Oh, yeah, we had and we had um, this year. But, you know, yeah. um, I think even more um, like a full session. And that, that's why I think made this session so special. It was led by an endocrinologist. We had three endocrinologist speaker and they were discussing fatty liver disease as part of their work uh, schedule and clinics. And that was just a different perspective than what we normally get. I thought they were all great. I thought Nuria in particular, I um, gleaned a lot from. But I think all three were fantastic. I couldn't agree more. And now back to Roger. We hope you've enjoyed this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please put them in the review section of the page from which you downloaded this conversation or send an email to questions at surfingnash.com. Next week, we will post after the end of International Nash Day, after you have had the opportunity to consume a day of fantastic liver presentations. Until then, stay safe. Surf on. We'll see you next week on the podcast. Bye-bye now.